Welcome to the Property Management Mastermind Show with your host, Brad Larson. Brad owns one of the fastest growing property management companies in San Antonio, Texas. This podcast is for property managers by property managers. You'll hear from industry leading professionals on best practices, new ideas, success stories, and lessons learned. This is your opportunity to learn about the latest industry buzz surrounding property management, as well as tips and strategies to improve your business. With Rent Bridges property management, marketing, and workflow automation tools, take your business to the next step. Reduce overhead costs by up to 60%. Eliminate human error through automation. Make all your processes consistent and predictable. Have transparency and control through detailed and sophisticated reporting. For property managers that want to work smarter, not harder, RentBridge. Call us 972-805-8535 or visit rentbridgegroup.com. Are you tired of chasing tenants to comply with having renter's insurance? Insurance Management Group can solve this problem with a master tenant's insurance policy. Keep tenants in compliance with your lease agreement and help protect all parties involved. A master tenant's insurance policy can also add an additional revenue stream to your business. Contact Derek Scott at 918-728-8992 or visit imgadvisors.com. To learn more, listen to the Property Management Mastermind Show podcast, episode number 36. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Property Management Mastermind Show. I'm your host, Brad Larson. And today's guest, I have Heather and Michael Park from RentBridge. And we're going to be doing a little bit of a catch up with them, talking about process automation, talking about RentBridge, talking about all the cool stuff they've got going on, doing some industry trends, see what's out there. And without further ado, I want to introduce Heather and Michael Park. So, Heather, I'm going to lead with you because you're the most nervous about this. I'm sure you're on several volumes to be able to get through this, this episode with me. Right. It's so funny how you are so nervous about getting in front of people and talking, but yet you kill it every time. So I give you a hard time about it, but Heather, I want to start with you. How are you today? Great. You know, just quietly panicking. No big deal. <laughs> we appreciate you having us though. Yeah. And Michael, you're always wearing a hat, my friend. I love it. I'm so jealous of the mullet thing you got going on. I know, you know, right? I got I to gotta keep it real, man. <laughs> I, I'm totally jealous. You know, bald guy envy here going on. But, you know, getting into this further, I want to talk to you guys. I want you to do some introductions for the audience. So we kind of get to know who you are because it's the first time I've had you on the show. You are a sponsor for the show. And uh, RentBridge has been doing some really good stuff. So I want you guys to kind of give us a good long intro. Uh, Heather, I want to start with you. All right. So yeah, we're uh, Michael and Heather from RentBridge. We've been in a lot of different facets of the property management industry for a long time. Um, we started, both of us, not in the property management industry, actually. Michael was an attorney. I studied rocks. I, I was in the oil and gas industry um, and really just transitioned over to property management um, for me in about 2015 um, and really dug in and was working with Michael um, with his property management company. And right about 2016, we sold that company off and started RentBridge. And it's been a rocket ship from the beginning. It's been a lot of fun. We started as a consulting agency and very quickly turned into a marketing agency. Um, that the supply and demand issue came um, came to light pretty quickly. Our, our clients were looking for marketing services, looking for property management specific marketing services, and we were struggling at the time to find them. So we started that um, arm of the business and um, essentially found HubSpot along the way. 
So once we found HubSpot and saw the automation capabilities of it with Michael's background in the property management processes and the, the systems that we'd put in place for our own property management company, it just made sense to blend those two together. And RentBridge as it is today was born then. Um, so we provide really two services. We provide process automation or marketing automation for the property management industry. More than, more than likely, um, single family residential is our, our key term that we're going to hear, that you're going to hear most of the time when we're talking about our clients specifically. But we also service multifamily. We've got a little bit of commercial in there, construction, institutional. Um, yeah, institutional. We've even got you know some mortgage lenders in there too. So it's a little bit of everything, but our bread and butter is definitely the yeah. SFR space. Michael, so I want to turn to you now. Uh, tell us a bit more about your background. And at the end of that, I want you guys to both talk about the property management experience that you've had. So I don't want you to glaze over that because you know we understand, I, I know you guys pretty well, and I know you were former property managers. You held and owned a big company, a pretty large company. And so you understand from an int intimate perspective of the importance of the operational flow because you've been there, done that. You didn't manage 10 homes. You managed, I think it was a thousand or more. And okay. so I want you to mention that. So Michael, give us some intro and then talk about the PM experience you guys both have. Yeah. So uh, my background is, uh, you know, I graduated, I went to A&M for my undergrad and, you know, being young and dumb, I, I was like, I didn't want to work for anybody, but I didn't know what to do. So I went to law school because I figured, hey, maybe I'll start a law practice. And so I ended up stumbling into a real estate practice and they were actually the largest law firm real estate practice in North Carolina. And I came in just young with a lot of energy and uh, happened to be during the refi boom pre-crash days. And we ended up just, that company grew dramatically. We were, ended up doing around 1,100 uh, closing transactions a month. And I ended up becoming one of their junior partners uh, running half the state of North Carolina for them. And then uh, I decided to go venture out on my own. So I practiced for quite a while. Um, long story short, uh, real estate crash happens. So we all have to pivot whenever the entire market goes away, which I could go a whole episode about what that was like during those days of showing up one week and you have a client that's there the next week you show up and it's lights off, chairs on the tables, computers gone time after time. So during that time, just ended up reinventing uh, or just kind of reinventing myself and kind of what to do while the market recovered. And I ultimately had another business that was the investment management firm that I ultimately sold that company and then started our property management company. Now, Heather and I were not married at the time. Um, we didn't know each other at the time, actually. And so when I started, um, ended up, it was just me, you know, it was a basically a essentially a fold-out desk in, you know, a you know, five by five room and me and a phone and a computer. And we just started just hammering away and adding clients very slowly. Uh, and then within about six months, uh, I think we crossed around 100, 120 units and, um, you know, had a handful of employees at, at the time. And then over the next course of the next year and a half to not even two years, uh, we ended up growing and there was a merger in there as well, but we ended up growing to about a thousand units and Heather had come on, uh, we were dating. So it was kind of like, it was a really great decision. Yeah. It was super smart. <laughs> Not nice at there all. There were no bumpy moments at all during that. Um, so Heather came on and started working and we ended up uh, selling that company, subsequently got married. And um, I ended up going when Heather was working full-time rent bridge um, at the time. And I ended up going institutional and worked for a large institutional company, had about 4,500 homes. And um, I became their, their head of third-party management. Um, ended up deciding to go to help 
Heather full-time with RentBridge. And that was around the time that we really started shifting the model of what RentBridge was. And a few months later was when we ended up stumbling into um, you know, what HubSpot had in its automation platforms. We didn't go seek it out as an automation platform. We were consulting, we were helping kind of streamline operations. And you had talked a little bit about, you know, to kind of talk a little bit about the property management experience. Um, this actually goes back to my law experience where what my role was, was operations, you know, was to run operations smoothly, to trim any fat, to, to reduce as many steps in the process as possible. And so I applied that to property management as well. And um, the precursor to what we do today was I built this system on Zoho desk. <laughs> that I think it was Zoho service at the time. Yeah. And it was kind of this model of what is only now a very small part of our ticketing system, but it was like that first Frankenstein version of it in our own property management company. And it actually had a dramatic impact in how we managed what we did. And I was very much a process, process, process person. Then you fast forward. And as we're in Ripridge, we were telling people what to do and kind of helping them trim out the fat, but there was not a framework around what they, what they did. And so we looked at HubSpot and we're like, wow, there's a a lot of automation in here. And it just so happens that, and I kind of say this uh, a lot is we don't sell property management services. We sell communication because primarily what we're doing is we're selling communications to tenants, to owners, to vendors, to agents, to, and that's primarily what we're doing most of the time. Um, and so when we looked at what HubSpot as a platform did, because it originated as a marketing platform that has since expanded to a service and an automation platform, because its its foundation was marketing and communication, it ended up becoming ideal to work with property management. And so I hunkered down for a little while and um, just kind of started building our first pipelines and workflows uh, for a couple of clients. And it just started coming together. And so since then, we have continually honed and you know evolved the what it does and what it is. We ended up building our own uh, integration uh, between... We have it between that folio property where a rent manager as a data bridge to basically populate our data inside of HubSpot. So we developed some of our own platform along the way. And, you know, now here we are and it was started with Heather, then me and Heather, then now we're 20 something employees and probably another dozen or so contractors. Yeah. So uh, 32, 35, something like that stateside. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's definitely a demand for it. And, you know, we do get better and better all the time. And so we're, we're really all of that background experience. I mean, other, you know, coming from the, you know, studying rocks and all that. I stuff. literally have a degree in geophysics. I had no intention <laughs> of ever getting into real estate or property management. I'm not sure how, but it does somehow apply. I don't know. <laughs> but it's all kind of led up to those skills transferring to what we do here at Rembridge. Yeah, what I feel is one of the most important things out of that discussion point is your experience in the property management industry as an owner and an operator in several different levels from, you know, large companies doing single family homes to also your more corporate entities doing the same thing. And it all boils down to a lot of good processes, which is why you guys started to create what you're doing. So I wanted to lead this kind of into what you feel your top services are that people are looking for and kind of explain some of those and how it all works. I mean, especially just, you know, a few of the, the most popular with property manager companies coming to you and say, hey, we need assistance on one, two, and three. Kind of talk us through what your top things you're doing for other property management companies are right now. 
So generally speaking, um, as I mentioned earlier, we, we provide two products, really, process automation and marketing automation. So among those two, um, what we get the most requests for from really any client or any prospect is they're, they're struggling with renewals, they're struggling with collections, and they're struggling with lead gen. So they're coming to us looking for automation of renewals and collections. We have that and, and many more processes beyond that, but um, they're also coming for lead gen. And what they don't generally realize when they get here is that this ecosystem that we've created allows them to do both on one platform while also automating the rest of their business. So that's our, our, our most popular requests, I would say. Um, fortunately, the, the product and the tools that we use to provide those automation services for those, those top tier requests also automate dozens of other processes along the way. And everything is highly customizable and configured to that particular person's scenario. Um, so it's really, you know, Michael says all the time, HubSpot and, and our bridge is the Smithsonian. You're never going to see it all. You're never going to be able to even imagine what you're going to see next. So you don't know what you don't know. Just get started and we'll figure it out along the way as you decide what your biggest need is. Let's take the renewal process just for fun, just to dig into one specific item. Now, from our perspective at Rentworks, for example, you know we have uh, probably around 30 to 50 lease ends per month. Right. You, you guys have seen the business. You kind of, I'm guessing, but I'm thinking you're, I'm within that reason. And that's a lot of uh, reminders that you have to remind yourself to hit those tenants 90 days and 75 days and 60 days and 40, you know, just on and on and on because tenants will, as you know, they'll ignore you until the very, very, very end mm -hmm. where you threaten their lives to renew or get out uh, at some point. And it's, it's all a process because, you know, if you're not using a process, you're like, oh, I guess I'm 60 days out. Let me send them a renewal. And then you don't even think about it until another 30 days out yep. when you know it's time to, again, see who's short on the renewals. And that's where you start to miss things. That's where you start to like uh, scramble to get a renewal within one day because it lease ends tomorrow. Yep. And uh, it, it gets a little silly. So talk us through just renewals for fun and kind of a deep dive here. Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun one to build. Uh, <laughs> so um, we we it, it's funny we just we have a it, we have actually we're bringing on our second in-house software developer at right now. And in the beginning, I built it. I you know I had to teach myself how to build a lot of this automation. And as I built some of this because of what I wanted to happen, I had a lot of people re replying to information that I wanted to trigger events based off of. And when we talk to clients, and I've just we've seen this in the consulting practice, we've just seen this with other people we've talked to, and uh, you know markets all over the country. And renewals, for whatever reason, is this big pain point Massive for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I, it, there's a lot there's a lot of reasons for it. One is just like you said. I mean, it, it's it's a lot of back and forth. If you're you know again, if you're not automating it, you're if you do get owner approval of hey, or you want us to renew this tenant. Um, if you do do that, you got to chase down the owner and then you might go back and forth a few times and you got to go chase down the tenant. You got to do that back and forth time. And we um, we were kind of about, you know, in the same boat. I mean, we were doing 40, 50, 60, in some months, even 70 renewals. And, you know, that is more than a full-time job mm -hmm. if you're doing it really manually. And if you think about what happens is they download the list that month and there's, you know, emailing and making notes. And, you know, once they have somebody who's going to renew, they're going to send out the lease extension or a new lease, however you're going to do it. You got to get it signed and you got to go on that folio and you got to update it. And so there's just a lot of manual steps. So 
what we build and the way that we did it is we wanted to build some automated actions based on whether it's 120 days out, 90 days out, 60 days out. And based on your lease end date, because we're pulling data from property management, the property management system every single day, whenever that 90 or 120 day mark comes, automatically we send out a reminder to everyone to say, hey, we're going to be contacting you in the next you know, couple of weeks with your renewal offer or information about your renewal. Mm-hmm. And that basically just kicks off. No one does anything with that. Just yep. managing the yeah. expectations at that point. Yeah. The only manual thing that happens in that step is for the property manager to go in and put the new proposed rent amount. So unless, unless you're doing automated <laughs> increase. Which we is, really like that. It's yeah. a calculated field and you can yeah. take generalized rates and, and automatically increase them. Yeah, there is. On if a side you, note, which on side note, I like the automated rental increase. Uh, it fits more in line with your fair housing laws. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it just from that perspective, uh, because, you know, as a, as a property management company owner, we go back to the owner and the owner's like, well, I want to raise them a hundred bucks or, or yeah. you know, 50 bucks. And it's just, it just doesn't equate sometimes because if you really got looked at by mm-hmm. an authority figure, such as, you know, getting an audit, they're going to say, well, why did you raise this $1,000 home 50 bucks and you raise this $2,000 home by $10? Yeah. You know, they're going to look at that disparity versus if you have a automatic process, automated process where you go up X percent, mm-hmm. put that in your own tools for what you want. But then that gives the owner some sort of rent raise, which they do deserve every year because- their insurance and their property taxes go up every year, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So uh, I believe there should be a, a, a systematic way to raise rents every year because mm-hmm. unfortunately their property taxes are getting raised every year. Mm-hmm. So they have to incur those additional expenses, which means they got to pass it on to the tenant. So I love the automated system of doing the, uh, the, the incremental percentage rate. So that's just a side note. I yeah. want to throw out there as a best business practice for a lot of PM company owners out there. Um, just to make sure that this is a good way to see that into fruition by using something like what you're doing with the process automation. Keep going. But we even have one where we actually, the calculation is based off of, it's either is it CPI or is it prime? It's, um, it's CPI. It's CPI. So where we take CPI plus a certain number and that CPI data is pulled in every day mm-hmm. as well. So whenever that renewal comes up, take CPI plus, I don't know what it is, two, three, 4%, that's 4%, 4% yeah. on top of CPI. And that is the automated rent increase. Because yeah. you're right. If you go in and you run, um, it, it, this is what mo- most people do is you go and you run a rental analysis or CMA and you send it to the owner and say, well, I think we should raise it 5%, even though you could get another 8 to 9% if we list it. And the owner, you know, might, you know, say, well, I'd rather go get more, you know, more in rent. And then you have to go and justify if something comes up of, well, why did you raise the rent $100 on this person for the same type of rental and $300 on this other one? So you're right. It's basically... It's an interesting point here, Mike, is the rent control situation, right? And so where I want to go is, is you're talking about, I love the, the algorithm there of the, the, the generic you know, interest rates that you're seeing, but what you're seeing in the, in the rent control areas is they're like, let's see they're capped at I don't know, fun figure, 6%, right? Mm-hmm. The cap is 6% increase per year. Well, guess what? What do you think they're going to be doing every yeah. year? Yeah. You know, they're not going to be taking it off a market rate. They're going to say, well, I'm the speed limit is, is 6%. So I got to travel the speed limit of 6% every year because you can't go make it up a year from now, or two years from now, or three years from now. You can't go to the next year. So, well, I'm going to do a 10% increase because the law in that area says 6%. So it's kind of like, you know, they're, 
it's a boomerang for them. They thought they're all slick doing rent control. And next thing you know, the, the people just say, well, if that's what you say I can charge, that's what I'm going to charge. Damn the market. I'm going to charge the rent control rate. So it's funny how that turns out. I, I'm sorry to sidetrack you on that, but you know, that's the first thing I thought of is, you know, the rent control cities, uh, they, they think they're you know trying to save the tenant some money, but in the end, this is how it's actually costing the tenant money. Yep. And it goes across the whole market. So um, the, the renewal process is a bear. I got to imagine. I mean, it's just, just everything. So while we're kind of going through that, I want you to also talk about integrations because this is going to be a big factor. I mean, obviously, you know, we need, need to integrate with, you know, several different methods like a DocuSign and or a software such as Appfolio and or Propertyware or Buildium or Rent Manager or Yardy. I mean, I'm probably forgetting four or five, but there's, there's those processes of automation to include the rent renewal process of just actually getting a form signed, right? That's always the fun part. And then, of course, last step is integrating that into increasing that on their software. So if it goes from a thousand bucks to a thousand twenty-five, you got to go in there and put that in. Somebody's got to do that. There's got to be a ping to somebody to go in there and make that change. So go through that in the integration side. But I think it ties in nicely to what we're talking about with renewals. Yeah, and the renewals process itself uses a handful of integrations in and of itself. Um, whenever we send out initial notice of hey, we'll be contacting you. You know, um, we don't just send an email; we send a text. And we alternatively, um, it's not part of our standard package, but alternatively, or in addition to that, you can add even a broadcast voicemail as, as a reminder. And again, nobody does anything yet. And then um, whether or not you do an automated calculation or you manually change that rent amount, what we do is the deal itself, the that renewal deal triggers off a, an email to the owner. And that's the default. There's companies that don't necessarily get owner approval, uh, but we put that in as kind of the default package. It'll send it to the owner and says, hey, here's your perspective, your um, projected rent. Um, are you intending on renewing the tenant? Because a lot of times the owner might be wanting to sell it. Um, but let's say they say, yes, I want to renew the tenant. Well, the nice thing is we can then trigger the same level and type of communication back to the tenant and say, here's your offer because they've just now approved it. Um, and again, no one... Michael, I'm going to sidetrack you there one more time. Again, I got it. This is like a a management bugaboo of mine is getting <laughs> owner approval, right? Yeah. Uh, you guys know this is a landmine. I mean, a giant booby trap that you could be walking into as a manager if you don't get the owner approval. Now, I'm not telling anybody how to run their business. I'm just telling you, here's a story of mine is we thought sort of the same way that we're just going to go ahead and get the renewals done. And then, you know, we gave the owner a chance to get back in touch with us. They missed their window of opportunity, you know, for 30 days. And we just went ahead and renewed the lease agreement of the existing tenant. Lo and behold, you know how it goes. Some One of the owners comes back to us and says, wait a minute, I don't want to renew. I'm moving back from Germany. I want my house back. Mm -hmm. And we say, well, you missed your window to tell us. So now we have a tenant that's been renewed for another year. What are we going to do? And it, you know, the owner claims that they called us and they didn't call us. And so it got, it got to be really weird. Uh, we ended up having to buy the tenant out of their existing lease by basically giving them money to move. Uh, and then we moved in the owners and it was just a big giant cluster all because, you know, we didn't have positive contact with the owner about whether or not they want to renew. Now, again, I'm not telling anybody how to do their own business, but uh, without that, an owner will surprise you at some point. They're going to come to you and say, nope, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell. And uh, I, I left you a text message six months ago about this, right? 
and a text message went to some source that never got the text message. They're always going to claim they sent you contact or, or information prior and it's never approved. So anyway, little little point, little lesson learned, always get owner yeah. approval of something, even if they're like, yes, we acknowledge that you're going to uh, renew the tenant. Great. We might be looking to sell a year after that. Just get something from them because it may come back to bite you if you don't. Keep going. Yeah. Um, and the and when we even are asking the owner in terms of approval, part of it too is not, we're not necessarily asking them to approve the price itself. You don't have to word it that way. It's just acknowledging I'm not going to sell the property. Yeah. If they want to stay, you can renew them. Um, because you're right. I think selling the property is probably one of the biggest issues. The nice thing about automation is, you know, you have a consistent communication, even though it's automated, but you also have a track history. And, and one of the reasons we really like HubSpot is you can actually see, did they open it? How many times did they open it? How many times did they view it? And all those kinds of things. And speaking of integrations, all of those communications along the way, we actually use a third-party integration for the text service. Um, and, and the reason we use that third-party integration is that we can. it's designed to do automations and communications behind the scenes inside of HubSpot. They're actually a direct um, integration. Um, so whenever that goes, I'll kind of get back to where it goes to the tenant. The tenant says, yeah, I would like to, I do want to renew, or they can say, no, I don't want to renew. I want to move out. Or there's another button in there that says, I need to talk to somebody about this first. I have some questions. And, and even that little thing that I need to talk to somebody, it brings the a calendar scheduling link in which you can define what hours and what times are you willing to take calls about renewals or have meetings about renewals. And that way, if you only want to block off half a day once a week, for that person, they're kind of confined to that. And that's actually, it doesn't seem like a huge, big automated piece, but it is because that's a phone call and an email that the PM doesn't have to take, even if that tenant needs to talk. They don't have to talk to the tenant to know they need to talk to them. And so you've even trimmed out that little bitty step. Um, if the tenant does say, yes, I want to renew, it goes basically to a stage where it then prompts the property manager to go ahead and draft the renewal. The nice thing is, is you can have and collect that information into the deal inside of HubSpot. And this is another integration that we do. We actually primarily right now use PandaDoc for the signature platform. And it's it's got pluses and minuses, but we like it because it's a direct integration. It shows up right there on the panel with everything else. And um, the cool thing is, is they can go in, they can update those fields and they literally push a button and it'll send the renewal out to be signed. Um, once that renewal then comes back, it then triggers and assigns tasks to the property manager for some of the human things that needs to happen, which would be, um, again, this kind of goes to some API conversations, which are challenging with property management software, um, that you would then go in and enter in the new rent amount, the new lease end date, all that kind of stuff before you move and close out the deal. So of what used to be all of these steps done manually by a property manager, we've probably trimmed out 70 to 80% of that into automation. Um, and one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest, I guess, objections or concerns that we hear is, well, what about all the human, you know, the human touch and the relationships and all that? The reality is all of those little communications that are regular things keep our PM so busy that the things that are really important end up going on fire, you know? So if you can reduce the amount of small stuff they have to do, maybe some of those things don't catch on fire because they're able to focus on the really important things and not just the urgent things along the way um, because everything becomes urgent whenever you don't have capacity to do all of the manual stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is, it, is that I really like about it is it's a consistency of service and a consistency of product. 
I go to, you know, if I go to McDonald's or Subway or anywhere, you know, it's not the best burger I've ever had, but I know what I'm getting and I, it's consistent and I may not go there every time, but I'm going to go there when I want some, if I'm in, you know, China, I'm going to go find the McDonald's in China because I know what I'm going to get kind of, but it's. Well, you're going to get a burger laced with, you know, coronavirus. Maybe, you know, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully not, but you know, maybe. Hey everybody, this is Brad Larson. I want to talk to you about a new podcast out there that I would highly recommend called 300 to 3000, How to Grow Your Property Management Company to Scale. One of the hosts is Matthew Whitaker. He's a good friend of mine. I've visited their operation and I really truly respect what GK Houses has done and they are still doing. They're an experts at growing at a fast scale into a large scale business. So expect to hear the real world truth about all the mistakes the company has made growing into it and all the good things they're doing. Again, go to 300to3000.com, that's their website, and catch them on iTunes, Spotify, and or Stitcher. Look forward to hearing from good things from those guys. Take care. I, I totally get what you're saying. And again, that fits into the whole fair housing model of consistency. I mean, if you really look at it, the fair housing concept, and I'm beating a, you know, a drum here on this one, is they just want consistent processes throughout what you're doing. Through the application process, the leasing process, and hello, the renewal process. Why did you renew this tenant? Why did you not renew that tenant? And so those things are going to come into play at some point. Now, I do want to get you guys to talk about, you know, and everything that we have in life when you do any sort of purchase or financing is how much down, how much a month. So I don't want you to run from this conversation. I want you to talk to us about some of the costs involved because people are starting to listen to this. They're like, hey, I'm kind of interested. Uh, but, you know, they may call you and have certain expectations of what this is going to incur for expenses. But then what you may tell them might be completely outside of their scope. And so without being afraid of it, let's let's tackle it head on and talk to us about some of the expenses and costs involved in doing a lot of process automation like this. I'm going to let Heather answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> does, it, does it seem nicer coming from a lady? Is that what it is? <laughs> well, this is what I do. I'm the one that talks to people about this. Um, but it's one of the first questions that we get every time. So I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of it at all. Um, what we like to explain is, here's your number. But here's what you're going to get for that. And understanding the long-term return there is really the most important part. So when you're looking at what down, you've got to take into consideration you're, you're paying us, you're paying RentBridge to provide these services for you and make all the designs and customizations. But you also have to have the tools. So there's really two costs involved, the RentBridge cost and the HubSpot cost. So as far as, you know, what is it going to be down? I know you hate this answer, but it depends. It depends on what you're asking for. It depends on, you know, are, are you asking for the world or are you asking for one small piece? Well, um, let me interrupt you there too. It depends is a fair statement in this regard because uh, it really does depend on the size of the company. I mean, if you're doing automation for a hundred unit company versus a 10,000 unit company, clearly that's going to be different. And you can't just put that out there saying, you know, we do, we do, you know, $40 a door or something like that, or four cents a door. I mean, you just, you just can't, it doesn't break down to that model. So I had to interrupt you there because I do feel that's warranted because you have to come in and do an assessment, which I understand you guys will do for free. You'll, you'll assess somebody's business for free. And then you offer them, you know, kind of this is what it's going to take to integrate. And this is what it's going to be monthly to afford the, the platform. Because you, I mean, it's almost like buying a car. Okay, you got to buy the car, but then if you can't afford the gas, you know, you don't buy the car, right? It, you know, you know, car buying joke. Uh, you know, if you're going to go buy a Lamborghini and somebody asks, you know, how much is the gas to put in that Lamborghini? Dude, if you have to ask how much the gas is, you don't be, you don't need to be buying a Lamborghini. Okay. Keep moving. Really okay. Heather, sorry to sidetrack you. Keep going on that one. No, that's okay. So you're right. It definitely depends. Um, 
That being said, our typical client is going to spend on, on the onboarding portion of it in their first 30 days, somewhere between four and $7,000 for that onboarding. Um, and that's for us. On an ongoing basis, you're looking at anywhere between three and $5,000 for, for true process automation of the entirety of your business. And again, that's for us. Um, our, our typical- that's during, audit, that's during the implementation months. Right. Our typical client is going to spend in their first year with us between forty dollars and $60,000 to get everything done. And that's stem to stern, everything that most of them can think of to establish a, a true process automation pattern. Um, consistency, the training, the, the tools, the software. The, the second side of that, the other side of that is the HubSpot cost. That's your cost that's never really going to go away. You're going to have the tools that you, that you use, your software, forever, as long as you're using the systems. Um, and those costs, again, depend on, on what it is that you're getting. Our typical client is going to spend between twelve dollars and $1,600 a month on the software itself. Um, and I know those are relatively big numbers, relatively broad ranges. But at the end of the day, we're replacing entire salaries over and over and over again. And I want, our- to, I want you to really go through that point, okay? Because I hear that and you're like, whoa, you, you know, people are like falling out right now or they're, or they're clicking stop <laughs> on their recording device. <laughs> what, I, what I want you to talk about is the return on that investment because you mentioned it, hey, it can replace salaries. Well, let's hear what you have typically seen out there where somebody that spends, I don't know, just a fun figure, 25000 50000 whatever in your head, what are you seeing in their return on investment? So inside of the first year, um, depending on what processes you're implementing, you're going to be able to see either on renewal with your, your processes being so much more streamlined that that person isn't required. So you can either eliminate that, that position entirely, or you can repurpose that person. And again, we're not here to tell anybody to let anybody go, but that decision is yours. Um, but with the renewals um, automation in and of itself, you're generally able to replace about 80% of the labor that's typically required there. The collections is even more than that. The collections pipeline, the automations involved there, even through COVID, that's going to replace entire salaries. So when we were running at around a thousand doors, we had really an entire salary dedicated to collections, an entire salary dedicated to renewals, and that both of those departments could have been run in a handful of hours a week now with, with these processes in place. So we have case studies on our website, and we've got you know, several more that, that we can definitely send out, but um, those, those averages hold true as, as your size scales. So those percentages of labor that you're, be, that you're able to get rid of or reallocate somewhere, those hold true over and over again. We had a client with I like the case studies and the vignette thing because uh, that really kind of puts everything in context. You you know, the case studies of what those are and, and what I've seen is, you know, we went in to help this company. They were doing this, this, and this. We did we did this, we improved their business. And in the end, they got all this, all their dreams came true and they were able to ride unicorns and you know, fly over rainbows and stuff like that. So let's talk a little bit about time frame. Okay, so if I understand the cost and I say, okay, got it, good. I see the returns on investment. I know it's going to be worth it. What are we talking for a time frame and to begin and to end and kind of where it's usable? Kind of talk us through some of that. So we really see two scenarios there. Um, the client that comes in and wants to establish a minimum viable product and get their entire business, their entire team utilizing the system as quickly as possible. Those people are going to go through our fundamental foundational pipelines pretty much as is with about 20% configuration along the way. And those people will have their entire business running through HubSpot in about four to six months. The other side of that coin is the guy that comes in and wants to customize every single thing along the way from day one before he even knows what he doesn't know about the rest of the processes. 
And that guy's going to be here for two or three years. There's really two sides of, of that scenario. And we see both mm-hmm. to this day, even though we tell people, try not to customize anything until you've seen everything. Yeah. And they still, they, they want what they want. And that's fine because I'm probably exactly the same way. Um, but it just takes longer. Well, the process, the, the other thing with, you know, property management as a business and our platform as a business is we're running and implementing, you know, business development pipelines, leasing pipelines, collections pipelines, lease expiration renewals pipelines, move out pipelines. Make and, the, yeah. Yeah, and all of those together, they affect each other. Mm-hmm. So it takes a while and it's a lot because... You got to get each one of these departments sort of up and running, making sure they're operating really well. They're educated on the on the product, how to use it, and you know, determining the tweaks they may want to make in terms of configuration. And what we do is we basically, um, you know, kind of took this uh, from Ray Hespin, kind of taught me about this was configuration or uh, configuration, not customization, through that part of the process. And the configuration is the tweaks, like you know, if you wanted to wait a day to send this email. Well, maybe they want to wait two days. That's an easy configuration to change. But if you want to design an entire different pipeline or separate stages and things like that that have other automations, that's customization. So what we encourage our clients to do is go through the first wave, get everybody up and running on a minimum viable product, and then you go second wave. And by the time you get to the second wave, you'll have seen enough that your wish list has grown and you know what is capable because we can't roll out everything to everybody because... It's again, it's the Smithsonian. You know, someone will ask, can it do this? I'm like, yeah, it's you know, it's just a matter of cost and time and effort. And so a lot of times that way in our pricing, we're able to price in a certain amount of configuration, but real deep level uh, customization, you know, that's a project cost. I mean, that's a it's a totally different animal. And, and we're we're business owners too. We learned this the hard way along the way. In the early days, it was like, yeah, we'll do this and do this. And you know, then clients were spending three months to get through one pipeline. We had one client a year in a pipeline because all of the little tweaks and everything, every and so we were spending lots of man hours customizing it. And we found that clients have been much happier to get through that, get the minimum viable product up, and then they can kind of see the wish list because they don't. The other part of it is that the different pipelines, because they connect together. Uh, usually the last one we roll out right now is the move outs um, because the move outs glues together leasing, lease expiration, it glues in um, make readies and inspections and security deposit dispositions. That's such a focal point for a lot of things that happen. And it's one of the areas where that baton pass gets dropped the most in our clients. But the problem is I can't put the move outs in place until the leasing's in place and the uh, uh, lease expirations is in place and all those other pieces. So it has to be the last one to bring them all together. And so there's a, there is a method that we've developed and we've tried different things and we've rearranged it a few times um, over the years. And we have found that this is the most logical way to go. And the fastest. Yeah. Yeah. And we're getting better at it. Um, we actually, in the next, um, at least by the end of the year, um, we're about, we're in the middle of rolling out um, our own automated onboarding that actually will help guide and uh, the educational piece of it is actually much, much more sophisticated. Um, and so we've been working very diligently on that. And hopefully by the end of the year, which I think we're going to be ahead of schedule on that, um, that'll roll out. So that, we're hoping to decrease that time frame of the rollout. The, you know, the price is still going to be the same, but the time it takes will hopefully accelerate so that they can see those results quicker and we can move into the wish list a little quicker. The other one is market. We yeah, that makes a lot of sense as far as you guys automating the onboarding. 
I mean, hello, you guys are the automation people. You should be automating the onboarding process, which you're doing, because that title one of the next questions I wanted to throw at you is any new things coming up that are super exciting. And I think you answered that just for, just for a touch, uh, touch point was you're saying, okay, we're automating now the onboarding process. Go talk us through any other new things that are coming up uh, that you are you guys are working on or super excited about. Yeah, one of the things we haven't really touched on is the marketing side of our business. We we provide inbound marketing services and lead generation services, website services for the property management industry. Um, that's been a, about 45, sometimes even as much as 50% of our, our overall revenue is coming from our marketing clients. Um, that being said, what we're most well known for is the process automation. So blending those two and creating true marketing automation services that also feed into your process automation for example, in the renewals process, we keep talking about that owner that says, no, I want to sell. What happens? Did he already get a, a, an agent involved? Are you losing that sale because you didn't know about it early enough? So creating a, a drip campaign and a, a true marketing automation effort to, to gather that information prior to that scenario, that's one of those marketing automation pieces that we're rolling out very soon. Um, and, and other things like that, turning tenants into buyers for those people that do have a brokerage. Um, even cultivating new property owner leads with the absentee owner lists and, and truly automating the marketing behind generating those types of interests. Um, so that's one thing that, that's rolling out very soon. And then one of the comments that we get all the time is, I can't afford it. We totally get it. There are a lot of people out there that just don't have the capital or the budget for this. So what we're rolling out, hopefully, and in, in the first part of Q1, maybe if things go really well at the end of this year, is essentially a DIY version of our marketing, our, our inbound marketing services. So it's a, um, some people call it fractional CMO. It's us giving you the steps and the guidelines to do this yourself while also holding you accountable. And that's where people tend to fall short is I can lead a horse to water. I can tell him exactly how to drink it. But if I'm not standing there telling him that he hasn't finished drinking it yet, is he really going to do that? Is, is there anybody holding you accountable for these things that you say you're going to do for yourself? So it's, it's a DIY service also with that account manager accountability, making sure that you're following through on all of those steps. That's going to be a, a much less expensive version of us not having to do it for you, but still getting it done. There, and there's two. lots of exciting stuff. Sorry about that. Lots of exciting stuff going on with, with RentBridge, I can tell. Michael, you had a comment there. Um, yeah, and just we don't have, we have two other big things that are rolling out. Probably one is closer in Q1. The other one might be late Q1, Q2. It depends on some timing of some things. We are, we are actually rolling out an enterprise level platform as well that has a lot more features embedded, like um, actually automated playbooks um, that oh, really guide processes. Um, playbooks are really, really powerful because it combines. I'm in a renewal process and it pops up my playbook for the PM to do exactly and follow the steps. And the other thing in the playbook is when they check off the steps, it updates my records. And so it's literally, I can, from a training standpoint, I can get them into their basic training, but then I can put them in, in their seat much, much faster because it pops up and tells them everything to do inside of their HubSpot record. The other one is like uh, enterprise level dashboards, uh, knowledge base articles. Um, oh, the knowledge base yeah. articles are incredible. That That is really transforming the way that not only we're able to educate our clients, but our clients are, ed are able to educate their staff. Um, so that's been really powerful yeah. too. But the last one, which I'm, I mean, you might kill me for mentioning it, uh, okay. is REOS. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that <laughs> was not planned. We've been asked so many times to, to look at the brokerage side of the business for those that have a uh, sales brokerage. And mainly just from a capacity standpoint, we, we, We've always had it on the radar. We've, and we've done it on some one-off stuff for a couple of clients. 
But we're developing basically our automation, but for the brokerage side of the business. And the brokerage side of the business really entails a lot more marketing and automation along with some of the automation of working through the sales and closing process. Um, it's a li- it's not quite as complicated as the ongoing property management processes, um, but the opportunities to automate the communication throughout and to cultivate the, the not only leads, but clients as they've gone through the process. Um, we are going to be rolling that out next year. Um, hopefully, maybe like Q1 or Q2, we think. Is that we have a handful of clients that, like you said, we've already done it for. And then we've got a couple coming on in beta. So that's why I gave them the side eye of we're not advertising this right now. I know. It's a coming soon. It's a coming It's beautiful. Soon Don't get me wrong. It's going to be incredible. And what we've done so far with it has been fantastic. But it's a lot. Yeah. And PMOS is so well established. And we've been doing this for years. And having that property management operating system in place is a no-brainer for us. It's it's seamless. So what, I want, what I want you guys to talk about now is next steps. So someone's listened to this episode, they're interested, they're intrigued, they want to find out more, talk to them through kind of where to go and, and what they, the initial process is. So talk us through next, uh, the next steps. So yeah, just reaching out. There's a lot of different ways to get in touch with us. You can, while you're on Facebook, you can go message us directly and that will get you in touch with our sales team to schedule um, your free automation analysis. That automation analysis is really going to give you a good idea as to what we can do for you and what you should expect in return for that, meaning your return on investment. Um, So that's the best way to approach it is is getting signed up with an appointment with Blaze or myself or um, whoever is first available to go through your free automation analysis. You can do that through directly through our website, directly through Facebook. If you want to message one of us directly, that's fine as well. Um, but really on our homepage, there's an opportunity to schedule right away. So schedule a demo in the top right corner. Excellent. Appreciate you guys coming on today and we'll talk soon. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Thanks Brad. Brad. 86% of millennials and over 60% of baby boomers in a recent study said smart home is an amenity they're willing to pay more for. The ease of use and energy savings that comes with a smart home pay for themselves, while also increasing property managers' revenue. Point Central provides services like unattended showings, secure access, and HVAC control, while also providing value to your residents through smart automation. Request a free demo today. Call us at 888-532-3032 or visit pointcentral.com. This has been a podcast episode by propertymanagementproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us feedback, and come back for our next episode.